Guardian Unlimited. This is Alain Mulholland for Guardian Unlimited talking to Ming Campbell, leader of the Liberal Democrats, as he heads up to Harrogate for the Lib Dem Spring Conference. Ming Campbell, it's the start of your second year as Lib Dem leader. What have you achieved so far and what are your aims for the next 12 months? Well, the first thing that was necessary was to steady the ship because after the period of turbulence uh, that accompanied Charles Kennedy's resignation and then the leadership election, uh, there was a sense that we had to restore unity of purpose and we've done that. I also had to direct my attention to a lot of internal party matters, organisation in particular, uh, trying to make sure that the party's organisation is much more professional uh, and in particular that we're ready for the next general election. And that's why I'm able to say that I've appointed the chair of the next general election campaign committee who started his work. Uh, the manifesto is being written by Steve Webb, one of our most talented members of parliament, along with a number of others and we're adopting candidates all over the place. And if there is a snap general election in October, then we're ready. And I thought that uh, these two uh, essential priorities, first, uh, to put the party internally in good shape, uh, and second, to make sure we were ready for a general election, had to be right at the very forefront of what I was uh, trying to achieve in my first 12 months. But now we're moving on. We've uh, passed base camp, and what we must now do is get on with the politics. That's why in my speech uh, in uh, Harrogate on Sunday, then I should be drawing attention to what I think are the inadequacies of the other parties and pointing to the strengths that we have, not least our willingness to take the tough choices which are necessary if we're going to deal with issues like the environment and public services. So in terms of public services, the NHS is in crisis at the moment, it seems with lots of cuts uh, in jobs and services. What, what's your answer to, to that? Well, there's a paradox, isn't there? There's never been more money in the National Health Service than there is at the moment. And yet, in spite of that money, uh, hospitals are under threat of closure. Uh, doctors and nurses are some of them being laid off. Wards are being closed. Operations are being delayed. Chief executives of the primary care trusts, but I think 70% of the recent study think that they're overwhelmed with bureaucracy. Now, how can it be that you spend all that money to uh, such little effect? Now, tell you just how serious the crisis is. <laughs> Half the cabinets out there campaigning in their own constituencies against government policy. Now, our attitude to that is this. We should not be trying to overcome historic deficits in the course of 12 months. Uh, we need to take uh, a longer look at that. But more particularly, we've got to find a way of giving much more local control and influence over local services. People find that they have virtually no control or influence over their own National Health Service provision in their own area. And I think that that is the way forward in local services, uh, in, in, in public services, to have a much higher degree of, uh, of local influence. It's called localism. It's, uh, it's easy to say. It's rather more difficult to put in practice. But we've started. Uh, we've got uh, working parties on health and education due to report in the autumn. And we're getting on with that particular job. Now, you mentioned the possibility of a snap election in October, but before then we have the Scottish and Welsh devolved elections in May, as well as uh, local council elections across most of England. Last year you only gained two council seats overall. If the results don't significantly improve this year, would you stand down? We got 27% of the popular vote last year, beat the, beat the government of the day in the popular vote. These elections uh, for us in Wales and Scotland do provide opportunities, of that there's no doubt, and it looks as if we will do well in both. The elections in England, though, are in local government seats that were last fought four years ago, immediately after the decision to take military action against Iraq. 
uh, or eight years ago when the Conservatives were uh, not at the races. So I've made it absolutely clear to my colleagues these are going to be difficult elections for us. But that's why I have also made it equally clear that we've got to have maximum effort. We've got a good campaign going in particular. We're majoring on crime and the effect that that has on people's lives. And we're saying it's not liberal to tolerate violence. It's not liberal to tolerate disorder. We're also saying there are too many people in prison who shouldn't be there, but there are people being let out of prison who ought to be kept in. Uh, we have, we're running a very strong and robust uh, campaign in these local government elections, and I shall be reminding all of my colleagues uh, on Sunday of the importance of that cam campaign to the future of the party and also our performance in an October general election, if one were to be called. In terms of uh, Wales and Scotland, how many seats do you expect to gain in each? I never make predictions of that kind. Uh, that's the kind of prediction that gets hung round your neck and sure as fate you get hanged by it. All I say is this, we've got uh, every opportunity to make progress. Uh, I shall be going to Wales and Scotland, obviously, on, on as many occasions as my diary permits, but I'm confident we're going to do well. So, uh, Ming, you started as leader just a few months after David Cameron took over the Tory party. Now, he's already put his party way ahead in the polls since taking over. Meanwhile, the Lib Dems' poll ratings has dipped slightly under your watch. So what's gone wrong? Well, we started in, I started in rather different circumstances from David Cameron. I also started against predictions that uh, our party was in meltdown, uh, that the Tories were coming onto the centre ground and that three-party politics was over. Well, what happened? We won the Dunfermline and West Fife by-election, Gordon Brown's own constituency, uh, absolutely his own backyard. We came within an ace of winning Bromley and Chislehurst, one of the safest Conservative seats in the country. Our performance on local government elections has held up. Uh, where there are real votes and real ballot boxes, then we are doing extremely well. Obviously, I would like to be higher on the polls, and that's what all our efforts are designed to achieve, not least the successful conference in Harrogate. But what is stopping you achieving more in the polls, do you think? Well, what is stopping you is that when people are asked, they don't immediately say Liberal Democrat. My task is to make that a much more automatic response. And we have concentrated on issues like the environment and taxation, which are very important to, for future generations. We've concentrated particularly on the continuing morass of Iraq. We're the people who've raised with the Prime Minister issues of uh, the fact that uh, the prosecution against British aerospace was uh, in relation to Saudi Arabia, that, that that was stopped. We're the people who asked the Prime Minister about the issues of the day. Mr Cameron came to office saying he was going to give up knockabout at Prime Minister's questions. Well, have a look between 12 and 12.30 on a Wednesday and just see whether Punch and Judy has disappeared or not. Following a, the next general election, if it was a, a majority, who would you rather negotiate a coalition government with, Gordon Brown or David Cameron? One of our readers was asking on the website this week. I'm not surprised people ask that question. I'll tell you the answer I give, which is we want maximum votes, we want maximum seats, and that's the way we'll get maximum influence. And I'm not going to allow the party to be distracted by conversations about coalition or hung parliaments or anything of that kind. You cannot campaign for a hung parliament. I'm one of those who's sceptical about the statistical possibility of a hung parliament. So that only reinforces my view that the best thing for the Liberal Democrats is to concentrate on our own values and our own policies and our own votes. But unlike your predecessor, Charles Kennedy, you are open to coalition government. I'm open to the Liberal Democrats getting the best possible performance in the next general election. Okay. 
And finally, you said earlier today your 62 MPs now look and sound professional. What about Len Bitopic and his high-profile relationship with the Cheeky Girls? Is he letting the side down? Uh, Lembert is Lembert. Uh, I think someone else said that about one of his colleagues not all that long ago. People's private lives, in my view, are their own business. And uh, my test is whether or not any member of the Shadow Cabinet is fulfilling his, fulfilling his or her responsibilities in that connection. If I didn't think Lembert Opic was doing that, then I would take action. I've not felt it necessary to take any action. So you've not had a quiet word with him to sort of keep a quieter profile? Lembert's an old friend. I talk to him from time to time, formally and informally. Uh, but uh, he's a member of the Shadow Cabinet. He's doing what he's in the Shadow Cabinet to do and I'm perfectly satisfied with his performance. Guardian Unlimited.